Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make our community tick. We got two-hour block today. First hour is the segment we call Headlines and Baselines. Read some of the headlines in the New Haven Independent, my go-to source for news, and so many others go-to source in town. Talk about what that's about a little bit, and then intersperse it with music at some points inspired by the headlines. Like, my favorite story this week wasn't the biggest story. I love a lot of stories every day I read in the Independent. But my story that really caught my eye, here was the headline. Sign installed as Kimberly Park friends keep cleaning. Isn't that kind of nice? I love Kimberly Park. You know, it's it's right there near I-95 at the edge of the um, Kimberly Square part of the hill off the boulevard. It's a really nice park, a big park that always gets trashed. The neighbors have reclaimed it. And they've worked with the city to make improvements. They got money that hasn't come in yet. That's part of what Maya McFadden was writing about. The truth is they don't have the money yet. They've been working on the city with the city to use to improve that park. So in the meantime, some of the neighbors, including kids, planted all these perennials there, some nice flowers to make it nice. And you'd think that's the kind of thing that the city government would help encourage. But guess what they did? The public works crew came by and they were cleaning some trash. It was good to do. They ripped up all the plants that these kids planted with the, with the adults to make Kimberly Park nicer. Can you believe that? Now, of course, people make mistakes, right? The park's crew's busy. But they didn't apologize. The Independent called the head of public works for a comment. He said, we love working with neighbors. No, you don't. You go and rip up the flowers they plant. Now, of course, there are some bigger things going on in the world than a bunch of dozens of perennials that were planted in Kimberly Square. But it kind of gets to the root of how we think of our city and how we work together or not work together to make it a nicer city, to have buy-in from the community that it's our spaces. We'll work with the city to make them nicer. And it's not a big deal to make a mistake, but it's just another example of how this city government really runs roughshod, is unaccountable, doesn't, with the, how they deal with the public. And then they can't admit they make a mistake. Like, why weren't they out the next day replanting those flowers and inviting the kids to do it with them and celebrating? I don't know. That's your cranky host here saying that. But Aretha Franklin had some advice for uh, the public works crew the next time you're about to trample on flowers that were planted by kids. Maybe first you can uh, think.
Think by the great Aretha Franklin. Not only amazing vocal performance, when you think about what they used to pack into two minutes and 20 seconds. How much song was happening there? How much emotion? Where they took us? And that's in honor of the New Haven Public Works Department. A recommendation that before ripping up dozens of perennial flowers planted by neighbors of all ages and neighbors like Kimberly Square in their park. Maybe think first and leave the flowers. And then if think about if you did make that mistake, because we all make mistakes, could you come back, say you're sorry, and plant new flowers? But this is New Haven, folks, where the people who run the government feel like they don't really have to respond or be accountable to the public. But we're talking about headlines and baselines here on New Haven's Dateline New Haven, WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio, one of 3.5 FM, live stream, New Haven in Pittsburgh. The big headline of the week and the big news of the week was housing authority to buy X Church Street South site for $21 million. They'll tell you why it's a big deal. So you got that big plot of land across from the uh, Union Station, the train station. First thing you see coming into New Haven, we're in an era now of something called transit-oriented development. We realize the city's future partly hinges on what they do with transportation and how they build around transportation. So in addition to always a bit important property for the first thing you see when you come into New Haven, it also is a valuable property for what it could mean for growth in New Haven, good growth, if we do it right. So for decades, that's been bedeviling us because the Church Street South housing development, which used to be a co-op, and then it got run down, it became just regular public housing, and conditions there got so bad it had to be torn down. Long story there. We've written about 40 stories or more in The Independent about it. We had a instant relocation of 300 families because conditions were so bad there that it, they thought it was hard for people's health and kids being able to breathe that uh, a project that the federal government said was very safe based on its inspection suddenly in one day became so unsafe everyone had to be cleared out it got knocked down years ago and it sat there vacant because the elector administration could not come to an agreement with the developer who can be a little difficult about what to build there well, finally, to the rescue came New Haven's Housing Authority. Canada Boys Wilton struck a deal with Northland Development, the uh, company that owns the property from Boston. And now the Housing Authority is going to take it over. Housing Authority is going to build some mixed-income housing there. We need the housing. It's interesting how the Housing Authority used, has become one of our most reliable developers. When you think about how it rebuilt all these developments that used to be Rundown public housing projects in Farnham Court became Mill River Crossing, Elm Haven became Monterey, West Rock. Three separate developments were built really nicely. They got their game together. And that uh, the head of Northland during that difficult period when they had to relocate the families it developed a good really working relationship with Karen Dubois Wilton, who runs the housing authority, and found they could work together even when things are tough. So they're able to strike this deal. What the, what interesting me is that, you know, being an old person who's covered New Haven a long time, I used to have a different view of the housing authority, and so did the country, and so did the city. It used to be the problem agency. It was run so badly, went through a series, 80s and 90s, went through a series of different people running it with scandals, misuse of money, but also just not doing the work. It's hard work, right, running housing. You're always going to have problems because you're dealing with people hard times in their lives and all living together, and uh, sometimes it's hard to have good housing there. They, they, uh, we were on the uh, troubled list. That was the name of the list that the authority was on when the federal government said, we give you money for public housing, but you're not spending it right. We're going to watch it closely. As I said, there was big turnover, scandals, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And then it turned around under Bob Solomon and then Karen DuBois-Walton now for a long time. And it's become a successful agency that other 
moving to work was one of the designations they got. They helped their people living there, not just have a decent place to live, but in their lives become more stable through job opportunities, education, and they developed it. They dealt with uh, changes in federal funding when there wasn't enough money to go around. They developed, uh, they created a development arm, a building arm that uh, is a nonprofit, Glendower, that builds and now manages low-income housing. And you know the it's working. And of course, you could always find a problem because tons of people there and there are enough apartments. But that's what this week news between the lines told me. Besides, it's great that now there's a possibility we can build across the train station, build it right with mixed income housing. We need the affordable housing. We need the mix. Have it be a nice place across the train station. But it also just made me think of how the uh, housing authority in New Haven, it's a good story about, as Michelle Shocked, Michelle Shocked put it, in her album, Arkansas Tra- Traveler, she has a song that could have been appropriate for what's happening with the Housing Authority called Come a Long Way. Take me far today You can travel for miles And never leave L.A.
The shell shocks come a long way. And so has the New Haven Housing Authority. The Housing Authority of New Haven as evidence this week about their ability to strike the deal the Ellicott administration couldn't, which was to get moving again with Church Street South. The vacant property used to have several hundred apartments across from Union Station, our train station, is now in the hands of the Housing Authority with plans to replicate its success elsewhere in town and build mixed income housing. Looks nice. Welcome to the city. Deal with our affordable housing and affordability crunch. Dateline New Haven headli- headlines and baselines. WNHHFM. That's what we're up to this hour. One headline based on a story this week. The headline coming up on December 1st is going to be Ganim sworn in as mayor. That's in Bridgeport. It's happened before. He's been the mayor a bunch of times. He had to go to prison for a while for getting caught taking bribes, came back, became mayor again. Normally that wouldn't be a controversial headline, but this one's very controversial because he didn't win the election. He announced in a story this week that he's going to be sworn in as mayor December 1st, even though he hasn't become won an election for mayor in Bridgeport. Now, how could that happen? Well, he won a primary for mayor, Democratic primary, for another term. And video they caught this person who in the past was wrapped for illegally handling absentee ballots. You're supposed to turn them in yourself and it's, or bring them to a drop box yourself. And instead, she was this Ganem worker was bringing buckets of ballots in the middle of the night to drop them off herself, which raises questions about whether the voting was legitimate. And when a judge saw that, said, you got to redo this primary. But by the time the judge made that ruling, the general election was already scheduled and he couldn't undo the general election. So they had an election. Joe Ganim did win the general election, but the same thing happened as in the last three elections, three, three of the last most recent elections where he lost on the machines, but won on the absentee ballots. And for two years in a row, two election cycles in a row, he was cited for improper handling of absentee ballots. So now after that general election, there's a do-over primary scheduled for next month or in the month after, where he and John Gomes, who had beaten him at the polls in the primary and general election, will have another primary. And then if Ganem loses that primary, there'll be another general election. And yet he claims, I'm just going to make myself mayor. Hmm. You know, I, I feel it's a little bit like uh, when they seize power in uh, banana republics. But maybe that's how we're coming here. And uh, so how could that happen? I would argue that the State Elections Enforcement Commission is at the root of this problem. It has the name enforcement. In enforcement, supposed to enforce election rules. But every time there's a problem in an election, it takes so long for them to deal with it, the results go through. And then their penalties are so minor they could do it again. And this is a great example because it was four years ago that the same person who was accused of mishandling ballots this time for Joe Gannon was accused of doing the same thing. Four years ago, the election went through. Gannon was sworn in. And the SEC, the Elections Commission, said, you know, it's true. What she did was wrong. Don't do that anymore, they said. They had a little slap on the wrist fine or something. And then she allegedly did it again because the consequences weren't great. And because the SEC is not set up to deal in real time, the judge was limited in what he could do in terms of he couldn't cancel the general. So they couldn't have a primary really fast again. They couldn't put off the general. So they got to figure that out. Because right now, they're not really enforcing election laws. They're doing slaps on the wrist after the fact so that they can't really stop alleged chicanery from, chicanery from changing what would be a democratic election. 
Bob Dylan considered this question, and his answer was on the Oh Mercy album that we live in a political world. world where mercy walks the plank and joe gannam swears himself plans to swear himself in as mayor even though he hasn't yet won an election i guess when you're used to having absentee ballots collected in the way he does 
you kind of determine in advance who won the election, and the rest is just a formality. Here on Headlines and Baselines, WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio, is Paul Bass telling you. Looking at what's in the news, mostly the New Haven Independent, and what it's worth singing about. Well, here was a big headline this week. 145 Embark and first flight to Puerto Rico. Six in the morning, all these people were jammed into the hangar at Sweden New Haven Airport. Actually, hangar's probably the wrong word there, right? Or anyway, the waiting area. And they were going to take the first flight from the new service from New Haven to Puerto Rico. It's big news. We have a big Puerto Rican community here in New Haven. 300,000 Puerto Rican people, people of Puerto Rican background in the state of Connecticut. Big, big deal. And a happy day for the city. You know, whatever you think about the pros and cons of the airport, it's great that there's this direct connection for people going with their families or just for vacation, going back and forth. It's the 18th route that Avello Airlines has started flying out of Tweed. It wasn't that long ago, it was less than two years, I believe, that we weren't going anywhere at Tweed. All those arguments, could we ever be an airport that connected New Haven to all these other different destinations? It turned out that we could, except it wasn't going to be a business oriented airport for decades the business community had this jihad saying we got to build up tweed because then we'll get all these jobs and we'll be a big headquarters and that just didn't happen and we would try it and peter out in a few months but Avello's going strong at least for now 18 different cities in no time and largely not only but largely people using it for vacations like a lot of the people tom breen met and he got up early in the morning went out to tweed and caught the energy as the governor was cutting the ribbon or doing whatever ceremonial nonsense to do which to celebrate it. It's also the first outside the continental U.S. So, uh, as the uh, as Westville's Midnight Strangers would say, oh wait, I gotta get changed. This is what they would say about it, the way that all of a sudden that has been transformed. It has been transformed like magic. Devil and his mean brain. 
dance like magic. Come back to me. They come back when I'm asleep. The wizard man gives me peace. I say, hey. Like magic from the Midnight Strangers, teen band from Westville. Now they're off in college, but they were in high school and they made that one. They were here in the studio, and you're listening to WNHHFM Stateline New Haven headlines and baselines this hour. Headlines mostly from the New Haven Independent and baselines from songs we like to hear. Here was a sad headline, but an important story in the, in the city by Nora Grace Fudd this week in the Independent Youth Shelter Planned, but not for Hazel Street. So Youth Continuum is a group that works with young adults and uh, who are homeless. And homelessness is way on the rise, as you know, for all age groups. They have money to get a 12-space overnight center for people to get out of the cold this winter. We need these warming centers. This one would be geared directly to people 18 to 24 years old, which, uh, you know, some people don't consider that youth, but some of them are sort of in between. And a lot of people LGBT, uh, who have no place to stay for that reason, but a lot of reasons hopelessness is up. So a, a church in, in New Hallville, a guy runs a church, Pastor Rob Smith from New Hallville, he wanted to put the center there. Mount Calvary, Calvary Deliverance Temple, Tabernacle, had a facility on Hazel Street. He had a community meeting, and he wanted to get support from his neighbors. He said, these are our kids, our neighbors, our daughters, our sons, our nieces, our nephews. If not us, who? And his neighbors said, we don't like this idea that we get called cold-hearted if we have a neighborhood where there's so many, there's a lot of poverty, so many quality of life challenges. We don't think all these facilities should be in our neighborhood because they do bring problems with them. Neighbor Ron Harrell said, it's not a safe place. You don't know nothing about shootouts on Sundays. Why you want to bring the youth over here anyway? It's the lion's den. They're not kids, he added. They're probably people who must not have done right by their families and were therefore without a support system. That, this is raw stuff. And it's easy for some of us who don't have these facilities on our block to criticize people for their reactions. It's a tough challenge of how we are a community that cares. We do give a lot more services than anyone else around in the state for the homeless and people struggling with mental health problems. And it is important to include neighborhoods and decisions. So I'm going to punt and just say this matters sympathetic for all people including people who need the warm place to stay and be inspired by marie knight who spent a lot of time at church she was a gospel singer crossed over to be a great r&b singer from her album let us get together the title track that hopefully in the end we can get together marie knight let us get together right down here let us get together right down let us get together right down here let us get together right down here let us walk together right down here walk walk together right down here let us walk together right down here let us walk together right down here. Let us do our living right down here. Let us do our living right down here. Let us do our living 
Get Together by Marie Knight. Great album she did a tribute to uh, Reverend Gary Davis. Larry Campbell played the guitar on that. I'll keep it on the background as I talk to some other headlines here on Headlines and Baselines segment of WNHHFM Stateline New Haven program. Paul Bass talking about the headlines and the music that goes with it. Headline, Feds seize another $1.2 million in stolen city funds. Drip. Drip, drip, drip. Well, it wasn't a drip when a hacker impersonating a bus contractor stole $6 million, made it disappear out of the school district's system. Money meant for the school bus contractor, this hacker still on the loose. This months ago, stole $6 million. Everyone thought that meant we have a incompetent city. I don't. Everyone's getting hit. And uh, we all try, everyone's trying to stop these crazy hackers. I don't know. I, I went and outsmarted them. I think we finally learned not to click. I think someone clicked on one of those links. They try to get you to click when they're fishing with a PH, fishing. Uh, but they get it, the feds are getting it back piece by piece. And this week they got another $1.2 million. Grandmaster Flast has one thing to say about this kind of hackery of public dollars meant for young kids' education and transformation. And that is it's nasty we want to rock you we're the kings of swing we're chosen to rule the things who clean inside the cool school we're the chiefs of relief contain my wild beast the 
It's nasty from Grandmaster Flash. Put out a few decades ago before some hacker took $6 million 
out of the school district computer system meant for bus contract, and that was nasty. You notice the 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 um, lick that they were playing at the beginning of that song, the theme, and it kept coming back from Genius of Love was later appropriated by the Tom Top Club, but that's that's a fair game in hip hop, right? They get the the beat or the the uh, the line, the musical line, and that they did a whole song out of Genius of Love from that one. But that was Grandmaster Flash here on Headlines and Baselines, WNHHFM. The, uh, the one headline that uh, I noticed here was that um, district managers cut back amid cop shortage. That was Tom Breen's story in The Independent this week. That's actually a big deal. We have 10 community policing districts in New Haven. We really need 12 because two of them on the East Shore. And then East Rock, New Hallville, Cedar Hill are so sprawling it's not really a neighborhood. But districts are the foundations of community policing. That's where each neighborhood gets its own top cop, a district manager, officers. They're used to seeing a place they can sort of gather, although they kind of look like fortresses. I'm not quite sure why they built it that way. But community policing relies on districts and district managers. We have a cop shortage where uh, 65 positions are not filled in the police department. This is a national problem. It's exacerbated here in New Haven because promising cops, especially of color, are posted by the suburbs all the time, offered more money for less dangerous work. But nationally, there's a shortage of police officers for a variety of reasons. And New Haven just doesn't have enough to go around. And community policing requires people power, meaning people to show up, not just responding to a call of a crime after it happens, but getting to know people and seeing problems that can be solved in conjunction with community. District managers are very popular. People, because they show up at the meetings with their community and they give out their phone number and they keep people informed. And that's all it takes. You know, I've seen all sorts of different matters. Jersey have very different philosophies. Some could be called community policing. Some are more militaristic. Some are more community-minded and, and seeing problems before they start. But in general, if you just show up and work with people, they appreciate it. But we don't have enough to go around right now because we also need detectives. We also need people to go out on sick leave. We need people to patrol. So of the 10 districts now, there are only four district managers. We have people doing downtown and in New Hallville and that kind of thing. So Luckily, uh, we can work on that. We can try to get a new police union contract, keep recruiting. But the truth is that's sort of trying to almost keep at the level it's at before it gets worse. A lot of people retired. So we wish them luck. No one's mad at anybody. Just dealing with a challenge. And just remember that there can always be a better day. That gray sky could turn blue. As Kristen Ford says on songs that's on my heavy rotation these days. Gray Sky Blue by Kristen Ford. Fish out of water 
Gray Sky Blue from Kristen Ford over her second to last uh, CD, War in the Living Room. And that one went out to the police department trying to struggle with the staff shortage and looking for gray skies to turn blue and having enough staff. Thanks for joining us this first hour in Dateline New Haven. We did baselines and headlines. We're going to take it out with a headline. We're going to come back after the break with Sippy Smilovitz, who always explains Israel to us. And boy, she's the national correspondent, the American correspondent for Israel's largest circulation print newspaper, Yiddishara Note. And uh, she'll be in here to, at this very important time, help us make some sense of this craziness going on in the world. One last headline I wanted to mention was Iris Pick's new executive director. Maggie Mitchell-Salem is going to be taking over our nationally recognized immigrant and refugee integration service program where hundreds of New Haveners help welcome newcomers to our city who are fleeing all parts of the world, bad situations, help them get settled. She replaces Chris George, who ran the organization for 18 years, got it recognized by the State Department as as a place where they're going to send refugees here to New Haven, knowing we're going to do a good job and not have politicians hot dog hate to get elected and blame immigrants, made our community stronger. And Chris George spent a great 18 years. And then just as important as when you know to take on a task is when you know the task is done and it's time to turn it over to someone else. Congratulations to Chris George for not only doing a great job, but knowing as Michelle shocked, play one more song, from her record, Arkansas Traveler, she had a song that Chris George obviously knew about, which is that the secret to a long life is knowing when it's time to go. We'll be back after the break with Sydney. Knowing when it's time to go Oh, the secret to a long life Knowing when it's time to go Oh, the secret to a long life Knowing when it's time to go 